Hello and welcome to episode 103 of Zion's Finest. This is Kenny Brown and I have got a round table of friends. First off, we have Chris Emick. Hello, internet. All your base are belong to us. Oh, wow. boy. <laughs> I, I can already tell this was a mistake. Um, next up is Ben Jules. Howdy. <laughs> That's right. Ben is our the, um, the, the lawman meant to bring order to our uh, disorganized community. That's Ben Varnum, our everyone's most favorite Huckleberry. Um, the indomitable uh, DT is with us. Hey, everybody. We are also joined by Jake P. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the yeah, Twitch. Well- oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> yeah, nice try, Jake. Jake, um, f- those, those of us who, who love him best, uh, and even those who don't love him best know that Jake is, has made quite the name for himself as the loud one in the Twin Troopers podcast. So and also the loud very... one everywhere I go. It's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I accept that's, it. That's true. That is very, very true. So this is a crew. We have never had this many people on the podcast before in terms of um, we're all recording independently all across the United States. But what we're doing today is we are talking about the IA Continuity Project. So what we're going to do is th- this, who you're going to hear from, sans Brett, because he's a loser watching Game of Thrones, um, you're going to hear from the community re- or the committee regarding the, the project, what it is, how it started, what we hope to do with it. And we've all got an incredibly diverse set of opinions on all of these topics. So it's going to be really, really good to get our, get our feedback. But the reason why we're doing this and the reason why I'm very glad that we are able to have this conversation now is because we've talked about this especially locally like in, in our in our group in order to make sure that the IA continuity project works there needs to be community buy-in we've got to have buy-in and people have got to be invested in making the project work and that comes from everyone having input and everyone feeling like their voices are heard and that you know we we can go in a direction that can keep the boat going so um, what we want to do is have this podcast and have it be kind of one of those things that helps keep that conversation going. And I know that on the Slack, we're already talking about that. So it's not like, you know, this is brand new, but um, just to just keep going with it, I suppose. First off, Chris, before you start telling us about the IA Continuity Project, you have never been on the podcast before. And unlike Jake, you're not internet famous already for a podcast. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I am, uh, I live in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, I'm a uh, software developer and uh, I, uh, started playing Imperial Assault uh, about three years ago. Uh, I bought the game for my older son to try out. It was either that or X-Wing, and he was convinced that uh, that Imperial Assault was better. Uh, joke was on me. He got addicted to X-Wing later, and now we're supporting a billion games. Uh, but anyway, uh, we tried it. We we tried Skirmish. It was eh, it was okay. Uh, and then I heard about Jabba's Realm, uh, and I purchased some of the stuff with it, and I got hooked. I mean, it was it's such an amazing, you know, such an amazing technical strategy game, uh, unlike really anything that I've ever played before. Um, it was so similar to some of the uh, tactical stuff that I experienced in, like, Dungeons & Dragons 4th Edition, uh, but in a competitive way, and it scratched competitive inch that I, I just never had. So I started getting involved in the community. I also uh, figured out pretty quickly that things that were made uh, from Jabba's Realm and on were a lot better than the things that were made <laughs> previously. And so with my son and I started 
fooling around with some things. Uh, I started publishing uh, like a like a custom skirmish fix uh, document on the web to kind of just share and kind of encourage discussion uh, towards how we could make some of these older figures a lot better. Uh, that's been up for almost two years now, and uh, and so. Uh, so I've been kind of involved in community of that, and then I got involved with you guys, and how lucky you guys have been to get to know me. That's so true. <laughs> oh, so true. Um, but what do you like? What do you like to run? Like, what's been your most favorite list you've ran? Spectre Cell. <laughs> Spectre Cell. Oh, you're terrible. <laughs> Go to the office and tell the principal what you've done. <laughs> Serious, seriously, seriously. Uh, so, so here's the thing about Spectre Cell. Yes, it's super powerful uh, and broke the game, period, right? But the mechanics of it um, were so different than everything the else that we it. played. Yes, it's like, it was like, there's, I mean, you know, I've played Scum, I've played, you know, like Rebel Heroes and trying to get, you know, uniques to work in that, mind, in that group set. I run Han Rangers, I've run you know, Vader, uh, right when everybody was figuring out, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, departing blow, unshakable combo. Um, yeah, all those are fun and it's fun to kind of twit, twit, tweak your list and build and all this stuff. But this, the specter cell thing had a mechanic in it that even though the, the list building was restricted, the gameplay was completely unique to everything else. And I just really had a lot of fun with that. Plus, it was really great to have two Jedis on the board that didn't suck. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, well, Chris, that's the wrong answer, but I'm glad you gave it. So, <laughs> and we, and I'm glad to finally know what the thing about Spectra Cell is. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Uh, all right. Um, Okay, perfect. So, actually, Jake, because you have never been on the podcast, for those who haven't heard the Twin Troopers podcast, you know, not, like all three of them who listen <laughs> to this podcast, tell us just uh, give give a quick intro for yourself. The three smartest people in the community. Hi, I'm Jake. I am. Uh, I have been playing this game uh, and especially Skirmish. Basically, well, I've been playing the game specifically since when it launched, and I started Skirmish in the summer 2015. I've uh, been playing ever since. It's been my primary competitive game. I would dabble in X-Wing and other games, but uh, but keep coming back to IA. Uh, so, yeah, that's, and then I'm also on the podcast Twin Troopers, which you should definitely go listen to that. Uh, we generally tend to focus more on, uh, more on like, broad strategy with specific units as well as uh, discussion about local tournaments and uh, just generally talking about Imperial Assault uh, from a more beginner-friendly fashion than... Zion's Finest does. No offense, Kenny. No, that's right. I mean, the Twin Troopers was, they predated us, and that was one of the big reasons we started the Zion's Finest podcast. So you got, you and Eric do good, good work. Well, thank you. Um, You're welcome. Um, Okay, now let's get started with the IA continuity project, and let's start with Chris. What we're going to do is everyone's kind of got a certain segment or certain thoughts regarding the project, and we're just going to work through those things and kind of talk about it, feed off of each other as we're going through so we can lay out where we're at. So take it away, Chris. In the beginning, there was God. And God said, let there be light. And he saw that there was light, and it was good. And then he said, let there be imperial assault. 
and there was imperial assault, and he said that it was good. And then there was. Jabba's I think you realm. skipped a few steps there. <laughs> he, he rested on the seventh day. Somebody came up with Spectre Cell. That's called the fall from Eden. <laughs> oh, okay, so look, you know, we've all been um, the, the the IA commu- skirmish community has been it's one of the greatest internet communities that I've been involved in. Everybody's very supportive, loves to play, loves to teach how to play. Um, you know, one of my favorite uh, experiences early on was playing Daniel Taylor as my first vassal game and getting my butt whooped. But it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um but and, and Daniel, see, here's the thing. Daniel does that all the time. He doesn't even remember this happened. I, I think Daniel. I think Daniel was DT. He was my first vassal game, and I had played X Wing, and I hopped over onto IA, and I was like, "Oh, I've got this game," and I built some junk list. And DT was running even more of a junk list, and I still got absolutely thrashed. I was like, "Man, this game seems really hard." <laughs> well, you jumped right into hard, like the hardest hard mode. So there is that. So, so, you know, the community was really galvanized when Heart of the Empire came out. We had a fix for Vader that made him incredible. We had a fix for Han who made him incredible. We had design principles that were implemented in the figures that were released with that wave that were amazing. And we were all looking forward to having really what, I mean... Imperial Assault is about the campaign, but the skirmish mode is a is a, a jewel in the rough, and we were really looking forward to having Fantasy Flight focus more on this jewel to shine some light on it and and bring in, you know, more people and make more changes so that it's, you know, it's people see how much we love it and and share that love, and then, you know, Spectre Cell happened, and. From that Heart of the Empire release, we were getting less and less information from Fantasy Flight. Um, we were all talking about it. Uh, we were all asking questions. We were all getting you no know, replies or not the kind of replies that we expect. Um, as we approached uh, worlds of, of this year, uh, 2019, um, the writing on the wall was pretty clear for a lot of us that this product may not have the kind of support that is needed for an organized play community to really thrive. Um, In particular, there's some really great units, but there was overpowered units with the combination of Spectre Cell that totally dominated the organized play community. And created negative play experience and there was no feedback from fantasy flight about it period so i as the skirmish fixes guy started asking around about you know what what if fantasy flight were to abandon this game what would it look like what would it take for us to you know keep it alive what you know to keep it fun, fresh, and worthy of our time. And so I started talking to Kenny. I started talking to Brett. Um, and, you know, we, and then Kenny 
posted a big post on Zion's finest of what was that two or three weeks before worlds. Yeah. About that. And, and his, you know, his big theme was, we don't know where the future is going. I really want to try, you know, recosting a lot of these figures and seeing if that freshens up the meta. And I'm like, great. There's somebody else that is invested on seeing the future. And so we got Brett and Kenny and I started discussing about what that would look like. Uh, we kind of organized uh, quietly uh, just to make sure that, um, you know, if Fantasy Flight were to come out and do something, you know, we would let them have the spotlight, you know, leading up to Worlds. And Worlds came, nothing happened. Uh, we, we were like, okay, now is the time for us to kind of take this into a direction. So we started organizing documentation and came up with the project name. Uh, bought a website and started putting things up. Now, here's where I confess my sins. I did not invite DT to the party until it was after it was announced. And I, that was such a foolish gambit on my part. And, uh, and of course, we would want him, three-time world champion and destroyer of noobs, in this party. But he has forgiven me. He joined. Uh, we brought in Ben, uh, who, who has always had really great ideas on, on uh, development of figures and, and balance. And, uh, and now we've got a real... And, and Jake, Jake got involved at the very beginning as well. And it's just been great, you know? Tell us, uh, Chris, what are you hoping to do? Like, so tell us with what's different from 1.0, like with the IA continuity project, like what is something that someone who is jumping into the project is going to immediately notice? And what are some things that we are hoping to continue from 1.0? So the idea, the, the general idea is that we're, in my mind at least, and I think I think our our vision shares this is that we want to keep IA playable. Period. We want to keep skirmish playable. The campaign is going to keep having content with the apps. Um, they're they're going to keep creating stuff for the campaign so that if you really wanted to go and buy a figure pack to use with your buddies, you can. There's nothing out there for skirmish, so. So what we want to do is somebody who's looking at the game right now, what, what we hope to accomplish is that in six months to a year, they can take a look at their collection and go, oh, I can use this. I can use this. This will be competitive. Now I have new options. Now the game presents me with new things. Also, we're trying to take a look at some of the things that are vexing skirmish um, in the first season. Uh, we wanted to address the power level of On the Land. And so we suggested a change to it, got some feedback, and now we're running with something. We're going to try another change. Um, same with some feedback that we've gotten about the power of Hunter cards and specifically how stacking Hunter cards in, in one attack is just way too powerful. Um, and then the biggest change is no Spectre Cell. I think I think we you know really that was the home run that set us up for the game you know <laughs> the first pitch home run that set us up for the game um, and then we're also looking 
we're also looking at these older deployments, trying to make them viable, trying to give uh, give those purchases that people have made several years ago new life, uh, so that when they come to Vassal or if they come to a a, a store and play somebody, uh, the card that they have may be the old card, but the IACP version of this card now makes that character unique and playable um, and a worthy adversary for your opponent. Awesome. Very awesome. Does anyone else have any thoughts or comments on that? Uh, I think that it's worth noting that we that we're all pretty much in agreement that the basic gameplay of Imperial Assault is absolutely worth keeping, and we're going to try to respect that as much as possible. Uh, so we want to like change stuff like on the we want to like keep changes to not going into the main game, but just uh, on the figures and command cards as much as possible. Absolutely, absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, let's um, turn it over to Jake. What um, Jake is going to do is he's going to give us kind of a general idea in terms of what we're hoping to do with the IACP more like prospectively looking forward. So Jake, take take it away. Sure thing. Yeah. So uh, I've been kind of on the let's fix everything train for quite a while because I was inspired <laughs> by there's a the game that actually got me into miniatures gaming, uh, HeroScape, which was an old Wizards of the Coast uh, project. What the what they that game uh, was killed, quote unquote, by wizards, but the community kept it going, still going to this day, ten years after killing, because the community creates new content, balances old content, makes new maps, and the community really stepped up. And I want to see that happen to this game, because because uh, I think what something that Chris forgot to mention, it's probably been mentioned in the old episodes of this and Twin Troopers as well, but. Uh, IA has been confirmed for no new physical product, or at least no plans at this time. So it's up to us now. So we we have to we as a community have to step up. So that's that's what this continuity project is for. Is we want this game, or I don't know about you guys, but I want this game to keep going for ten years if we can pull that off. So I so that's that's kind of like the prospective vision of what we've got. So uh, we're going to try to. Uh, rebalance all the old figures or as many as the, of the old figures to get them on the table in a vi- competitively vi- viable fashion so we can increase the meta the metagame diversity and you know just get some of those old figures that are pretty cool out of the out of mothballs like uh, Kane Somos in this first season one of my favorite character designs in the entire game just really cool fun support figure extra attacks just a great dude but way too expensive so just and there's so many people like him out there that uh that are just too expensive for what they do or just need minor tweaks and then they're on the table good to go so we want to get as many things on the table and then once we've uh once we've kind of gotten some more of the older figures out i personally would really love to get some more custom design figures like i would love to do a clone wars expansion i have and then we all have had ideas about cool stuff to do and everywhere else too so it's just uh yeah so we're just going to be having a blast and we're going to have the community input on every step of the way so uh every season we are going to propose a new set of changes we're going to ask that people play test them as much as they can as much as they want 
tell us what happens and tell us your opinions on it. And then we, at the end of every season, we will uh, submit a final, uh, final poll to the community and ask them and ask you, you the community, to uh, tell us what you like, what you didn't, and then anything that the community likes will become permanent or semi-permanent, and we will uh, move forward to the next set of projects. Yeah, and I think one one thing that's worth emphasizing in this is that we've talked so much, we've had many conversations over the over the years, right, about cost reduction being kind of uh, the a primary instrument in terms of rebalancing the game. And I feel like that is, you know, it's simple, right? Kane Somos is, he's got cool ability. He's got a really, like Jake saying, cool ability, too expensive. Um, but, and that is, that is, um, I think should be presumed to be the first approach regarding a lot of units. But there's also a lot of units that reco- sim- simple recosting is probably not the right strategy, right? Like if we're talking about Garcon, making Garcon competitive requires them getting down to like four points or something like right. insane. And then it's, um, yeah. And so, in, and at that point, he's just too tanky. Or maybe he's not too tanky, but all as Brett says, he's just an efficient body, and that is not the idea of the project. So that's where we talk about things like designing new units or, or redesigning units. So Diala, which I'm sure we're going to be talking about later, has been one of the figures that we focused on in terms of redesigning her ability to give her like a unique flavor and not just reducing her cost. But like Jake said, all of this is going to be about community input and if if people have good ideas regarding what they want to do or what they think needs to be changed then that is something that we're going to be talking about it's not just this group who's going to be making decisions because it's not going to work if it's just this group everybody needs to be invested in this and and feel like their opinions and voices are meaningful yeah community buy-ins already going to be difficult we're looking at a community split uh, even right now but so that's why we need the community as bought in as possible so that people actually play this that we can have so we're all playing the same game or as many of us are playing the same game as possible so that we're not like showing up to a tournament or to an event with a list for iacp and everybody is thinking oh this is the ffg version or these are this we're playing the cnemic fixes so we want to keep that that uh, division as little as possible great point and i mean and this is that's actually probably something that we should talk about yeah let's talk about that later um does anyone else have any thoughts on that before we go to ben yeah, uh, I think there. Yeah, there was also a note asking about organized play. Uh, we're, I am making like, so our play group here in the Twin Cities plays once a week, uh, and we have pretty good buy-in of the IACP here. I know that there's a group in Australia that are going to be playing tournaments with the IACP, and we just want to encourage that as much as possible. Is just get as many people playing this as possible, especially in a competitive setting, because we do want this to be. Not only do we want to uh, get more people on the board just for variety, but we also want to uh, increase the competitive viability and keep everything balanced. So, uh, yeah, if anybody can get their groups or even just their friends to show up and play IACP, please do so. We're going to uh, work to make an organized play system that works, but that's uh, that's something that we can talk more about in the future. And, and just, to kind of, just to kind of veer from that point just a little bit, you know, I... I don't mind as somebody that has been fiddling on his own for a couple of years now. Um, I don't mind if, if people have like different ideas and want to go and test those, I think, and, and kind of do their own thing for a little bit. I know there's a guy uh, that's on fantasy flights forums that just him and his group are just doing their own recosting. 
and and I check in with them and I say, okay, how's this going? And they're like, wow, you know, there's a lot of good things that we're doing, but we all messed up Chewy's price and now we don't know how to get him back, <laughs> you know? Um, and yeah. so, but that kind of input, even if it is a little bit outside of the IACP realm, helps us in IACP. It helps everything. And, and eventually what we would like to do is have all this input come in and we all find that agreed upon set of fixes, the agreed upon set of, of rules that when you want to run a tournament, you know what you're getting. You know the product that you're getting with IACP. Um, and you know that if you bring in a new person that just has a core set, um, IACP has addressed that. And that person can create something out of that core set and, and use it. If somebody's bringing in Jabba's Realm and all the stuff and they're playing things from, from the top of the meta, uh, from Heart of the Empire or, uh, or uh, uh, Lothal, um, they can play what they want and they're still going to be competitive. That's, that's ultimately the goal is to try to get the community to, to buy in and enjoy what we're doing. Yeah, and I think the, it's worth emphasizing that the IACP, what it is, is it's a reflection of the, the judgment of the community in terms of there is a sense that things you know, cannot continue as they have continued. And so with that being the case, we think, okay, well, what can we do to give people the tools in order, and the motivation in order to keep playing the game? And so and it seems to have been a strong consensus a broad consensus that some some focus on recosting and maybe even re, redesign is appropriate in terms of that that helps people say okay I'm now interested in playing this because I can now play this other list that's not hunters or smugglers or troopers or whatever or maybe a different set of troopers and so that's what the IACP is is like it's not like our saying our way to say everyone needs to play this way but we think that this is going to be a good product in terms of like people are going to be able to take this and play it and enjoy playing it and have input, you know, and it will be more sustainable than just, and obviously that's not to say anything about people doing their own thing, like Chris has said, but if we can somewhat focus our efforts and have something that when people are wanting to get into the game or wanting to say, Hey, I, I would like to have, you know, a, a, our local group continue playing, but I don't want it just to be like the Kansas guys playing their own thing. This is something that we can all say, okay, like we're all working on this together. So, yeah, it, it's important to keep that community buy-in and that, and we want the community to keep talking to each other, not just splinter off into their geographic regions. Because, uh, like Chris said a few minutes ago, that this is the best internet game community I've ever been in. I want it. I want to stay in it. And I want it to survive. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Okay, Ben, let's turn it over to you. Yeah, thanks. Um, that'll probably pretty good segues for me. I think I'm kind of talking a little bit about design process. Um, so yeah, we, we've talked a bit about that. And um, I mean, the, the idea of community involvement is a cornerstone here. Um, I, I have to laugh a little bit. I, I got onto this group um, the way that I joke people get on church committees, which is you say like, I like your project, but I don't have any time to be involved and maybe like reach out to me if you need something. <laughs> and uh, that, that's how you get on a church committee. Um, and uh, so here I am. I mean, this, this feels a lot like my day job because in the church, like 
everything is driven by volunteers. You have very, like, relatively few paid staff. Um, and, uh, I mean, there's a certain level of some authority with some things, but, like, a lot of what happens is based on informal relational authority, um, which is how I would describe, like, community buy-in, right? Like, this steering committee only has as much ability to act as people agree to give it, right? Like, if we say, hey, everyone, please try this and let us know how it went and nobody does it, like, you know, there's no data, there's no process, like, the design is just spaghetti thrown at a wall and we imagine something stuck. Um, so, uh, you know, we're asking for a high level of trust and um, people have been pretty generous with it in a lot of ways. Um you know, we, we've got these four-month seasons, which uh, is a block of time. It's not a ton of time. And um, especially, like, in the post-Worlds fatigue, I mean, we get a handful of reps in with given figures, but we're not going to have, like, hundreds or thousands of reps in with all the different things that can interact. Um, so we're gathering data. We're, we're trying to get um, lots of different kinds of data. Um, I'm a huge fan of... Um, how and why questions um, it, it, like please 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 when we like give you an essay prompt on these surveys folks um, those are super helpful because uh, if you write in like this figure's awesome that's great like is it awesome because it doesn't cost very much is it awesome because you kicked somebody's butt with it is it awesome uh, because it like really interacted in a healthy balanced way with the meta and it hits your optimal frustration point for solving interesting problems in the game like you know like uh, is Diala awesome because repositioning figures is a crucial gameplay element and this is an interesting and unique way to do it? Uh, is it awesome because you got this maximum with the lights? You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, in general, uh, we're, we're working from that community uh, investment point, that informal authority. Um, it's, when I got in, like, I am super process-oriented, and so I kind of said, like, do we actually have articulated principles? Do we have a, you know, formal philosophy? And um, at some point, kind of in chatting with this group online, uh, I kind of pulled out stuff I thought people were saying and said, I think I'm hearing a vision statement and a mission statement. Um, and the vision statement, uh, which, which is really similar to something Chris said earlier, uh, or to Jake's 10 years comment, but the vision that I typed out was uh, to help Imperial Assault players enjoy the skirmish game as much as possible for as long as possible. Uh, which is basically something Brett Kelly had written um, in response to a kind of like, what what exactly are we doing with this or that piece uh, thread? Um, and I think that that's kind of something hopefully people can nod along to. Like, yeah, we you know we want to enjoy this. We want to let it stay alive and healthy and all those things. Uh, mission statement, I think, is to enable and curate community-led design to update and create rules and content uh, to create and maintain a healthy and fun continuing metagame for Imperial Assault. Um, th that's long-winded. Uh, whatever, rewind your podcast and listen to it again. <laughs> um, but I think healthy is a term we can define a lot of ways. Um, we've talked a lot about the Heart of the Empire meta being a really good balance point. Um, I think uh, it's worth leaning a little bit into... like. I've got a, a, an operational thesis that we never saw the real Tyrant's meta that could have been because of Spectre Cell. Um, and, like, Spectre Cell, we, we kind of bandwagons and steamrolled, and, like, there might have been other ways to beat it that 
whatever. People argue with me about this all the time, and that's fine. Uh, but Fantasy Flight tried to do a lot of things in the Tyrant's uh, release that we we didn't see impact the previous problems. Uh, Thrawn and Doubt, uh, and even cards like Induce Rage, were really like leaning on focus, buildup, and Hunter, like Alpha Strike figure removal. Uh, so were high Rebel figure health pools. Um, Merc figures got uh, less focus dependent in guys like Hondo, um, so you don't have to necessarily take the full Rebel Care package. You can run, like, a nine-act Merc list with one focuser, um, and Hondo's making his damage curve other ways, right, with his uh, victory point interaction. So, uh, like, Fantasy Flight was trying interesting things, like, uh, unto their dying breath, right? Um, and so I've got a little bit of caution. I, I, I Jake was joking, I think, uh, when I first joined this team that, like, Ben's a good balance to his, I mean, I think you call it your more murder philosophy, Yeah, Jake. me and Chris, uh, in, when we were talking about the, uh, C, the C-Nemic fixes, uh, we would, a lot of the time, it'd be, all right, this is great, make it more powerful, and then you're always there pumping the brakes on it, yeah, so that's right. why I said you were a good addition to this, uh, to this crew. Yeah, so I, you know, I think, like, for me, good design principles include things like um, factions that play uniquely, um, like asymmetry, I think, is healthy. Um, that, that World's 2018 meta where there were viable lists in every faction was great. I would have loved to see more viable figures in every faction. I mean, we all know Boba Fett is not, like, on the curve of the rest of the game. Um I think, yeah, I think it, it's, I'm, I'm really interested to kind of chew through what FFG was doing with Tyrants. I mean, everything from, like, escalating hostilities to uh, hostile negotiations, ability to, like, kill cards in hand at a random moment um, in a really, like, randomized, asymmetric way. Um, I don't hate a lot of the old phenomena in the game. Um, it's like things like the on the lamb fix, uh, uh, you know, th- there are a lot of different opinions on it. Um, I, I kind of like that smugglers play as a faction with a like a capped upper damage output, with like the ability to once a game like really interrupt and remove an attack, um, and you know if they draw the right card, um, and and I think there's other kinds of asymmetry like that. Uh, the Hunter's meta really made the skirmish game exciting, but it also, like, uh, put a lot of pressure on figure removal, and, um, you know, the, it, like, the map objectives can sort of swing really wildly into being, like, completely insignificant, which I don't think is great for the game. Um, so, there, you know, I think there's a lot, like, on the board, the drawing board, the pieces interact in really interesting ways. Um, I think it's good to have figures that aren't good on every map. Like the way E-Rangers interact with Lothal, uh, is awesome because they're, they're great on one map and they're like really at risk on the other. Um, yeah. So I think like all of this stuff is in the stew, right? Like we're all working these ideas together constantly. Um, we, we hear from people who get sick of running into the same list at their local gaming store, but that doesn't always mean that list is bad. Um, you know, at the same time, we, we really do, you know, I, I, I love the idea that, that we mentioned earlier that every figure should have a viable place in the meta somehow. Um, and I think we want to push towards that. And um, I, I guess I do view my role as being the guy, like, riding the brakes and saying, like, let's not pull a given letter, lever, like, super hard. Let's lean gently on a couple of them and see how the meta reacts and rebalances, um, especially with, like, four-month chunks of time. So... And I think we've been pretty good about that. I, th- I think everyone's kind of 
usually pretty good. I mean, we all have passion projects where we get our dander up about given things, but, uh, you know, sort of in our group and beyond in the community. Um, but I think there's, there's a lot of interest in seeing something like this happen. Um, and I think people have, have really tried to lean into the project and give it a good shot um, and, and kind of see where it can take us. Um, even as we wait on Fantasy Flight to, I mean, you know, I, I do think we, we still view them as a baseline. And if they release a Spectre fix, you know, we'll, we'll go back and we'll try it. And if it's still terrible, we'll find something else. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a lot of content, guys. I don't know if people want to chime in on that. It's, it's almost like we hired a preacher. <laughs> I preached three times a day already and led a 90-minute meeting. So I think I think what um I think one of the things that I really enjoy about this project is that our design goals and philosophy is just focused on making the game better. And we all have opinions about how that works. And surprise a whole bunch of nerds that care about something have really strong opinions. Amazing. I could, you know, I did not on know that internet? was possible on Come the on. internet in 2019. Did not know. Anyway, um, we, you know, we, I really have enjoyed listening to everybody. Uh, even the ones that passionately disagree with me because they put me in another person's shoes and looking at that game and looking at the game that I love and, and looking at it as, okay, you know, is what they're saying, how is what they're saying valid for them? What, what truths can I glean from that? And so it's, we are not especially married to any sort of particular methodology other than, other than, the fact that there's just no way that we can change core stuff. Like there's no way that we're going to, we're going to remake dice. There's no way that we can reprint the, the, the rules reference guide. We can tweak things here and there, but uh, we can't print new tiles. We can't print, we can't print stuff that has already been printed by FFG. So we got to use what we got. And so the the best way to, to do that is to look at it smartly, to, to gather all those opinions and find the method that works for everything. The, the individual solution for each thing, I should say. Agreed. Yeah. I I mean, I think the one of the interesting things is, um, I mean, Dial is an interesting example of that, like what works for a thing, because... Um, like this, this process was briefly described like way back in the release, but Diallo was a figure that was uh, not part of your guy. I mean, I came on right as the season one stuff was going out and Diallo wasn't originally part of that. Uh, and it was a bit of a like passion project of, Hey, can we try to like release one figure that is not just recosted, but is actually like adjusted around a thematic ability. Um, and there was probably like a quick two hour flurry of like, notes back and forth about what if we you know tweak it this way tweak it this way tweak it this way and the community still sort of was able to jump back in and um offer feedback you know which we're reading and checking out and maybe there'll be other options uh come end of season um but i think that's i mean it's really exciting design space um to, to be able to do more than recost figures and i do think recosting figures only takes us so far 
I, I, Kane's a great example of somebody who's already got a unique ability and you can kind of adjust his price and like we can see that people are interested in leaning into that like death by a thousand cuts like trooper build um but and, and there I mean there are just other figures out like one of the most fun tournament styles we played was that summer Chris Emick uh, fixed tournament and I, I would say it was not a healthy meta um it had a couple of core design principles largely balanced around like the attack value versus a black die or a white die that a given figure cost gave you across factions. Um, and, and people tried stuff that like didn't work, but it was a blast to just like roll around with different figures doing unusual things, even in the lists that like objectively speaking, we're not going to win an organized tournament in that form. Oh yeah. The three tank bit list so, uh, was the best. Yes, I was thinking of your list. Yeah. So I think we like, you know, there, I, I think it's worth moving slowly, but I also think it's worth um, understanding that there's a lot of precedential design space, even in what FFG already did, that hasn't been fully explored. Yes. And then, like, we can go beyond that if we go beyond it carefully, and, um, and and if it lets us like stay connected to things like map objectives, figure positioning, uh, damage versus defense, uh, health pools. Um, there, there's a lot in this game that, you know, I mean, attacking the hand, atta like graveyard mechanics were pointed out with, uh, the fool me once card and like, it's an extremely limited supply of things. I mean, like there's a lot that, that we can mess with. Uh, I just think we, like, I, I feel a sense of responsibility not to just like slam down a, a gas pedal and, and see what happens because I think the, the game's like the, the balance is a lot tighter than, a given change might seem to indicate to us. Um, and, and I think these feedback sessions, the four-month periods, uh, survey feedback, like playtest by playtest saying, here's what happened in this game. Um, there's, a, there's a lot like of conversation that we can try to do as we move forward. Since we don't have a paid design team and formal playtesters who can get lots of reps in, um, you know, this is going to be as good as we make it. Does FFG have that? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, Ben, ben is definitely our so. Ben is definitely our design dad. But dad, I, I'm just a process guy, like to to the nines. <laughs> yeah, dad, oh, Luke Skywalker needs a blaster too. You can you can finish, uh, <laughs> man. What's the line? You can when when you're done with your chores, you can go waste time with your friends. <laughs> uh, ben has clearly never had chores or a mean father. I, I literally saw New Hope last night with our Omaha Symphony playing the score, and I can't remember the I'm stupid so touchy station line. They were in uh, they were in <laughs> Minneapolis over Christmas break, and I was like, I couldn't justify it, but it looks so cool. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Okay, DT, weigh in. Give us your thoughts on the project as the as the best and the brightest among us. Tell us, what what, what do you think about the project? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm mainly here just to, you know, make sure you guys don't do anything stupid. You let SMG give us back yourself. DT, I blame you. Hey, uh, I didn't have anybody to play test with, so, it's, you know, but, uh... No, hey, I've I've designed more cards than any of you guys, right? <laughs> you've designed like you've designed the only good cards in the last two years. Uh, uh, I mean, Chris Emix designed more cards than DT has. They're just never seen formal tape. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Hey, they that's sold right. mine. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. right. They won't listen uh, to me. No, I think I think we're off to a good start here. Uh, uh, we've got a nice mix of like experimental stuff. You know, we've got like the one guy, Indala. You know, we're trying to. Trying out how like how is a redesign card going to work? 
Uh, we've got a bunch of aggressive recosting with like Kane or like Farmboy Luke. And then we've got a bunch of like, hey, let's just kind of see what happens costing because we're not really sure. Uh, so I think that's all pretty interesting. Uh, and we've also nerfed, nerfed a couple command cards, right? But uh, I think that's a good, a good starting point. Uh, and I'm excited to see where some of these groups take it. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm also excited to see uh, when we have an event, right? When, when are we going to have like a big online tournament? We we are actually that's something we should be talking about here. But before before we do DT, I want to ask: What is something that you like? Let's say we made you solo solo dictator in charge of the project. What would be something like that you would say with the project, or let, let's say with like an IA reboot or a two point or or whatever? What is like one thing that you would really want to make sure gets fixed? Uh, I mean, there, there's like crazier stuff we could talk about, like trying to make focus or dodge different. But yes. okay. I think that's that's a little too much for us to think about right now, because uh, really we just want to get the community to agree that like this is where we want to go first. Fair point. Fair uh, point. But like I mean I could see you know maybe in a year like if we're still going we could think about hey you know do we want to do something with this or are we happy with where it's at now? Um, uh, for my personal changes, I would probably just go through and like recost everything. Because, like, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what things should cost. Agreed. Obviously, we need to test that stuff. but uh, and, it, and it makes sense, like, for this project that we don't just recost everything. Because that would just be way too much noise, right? Yeah. A, a lot would be hitting the fan really fast. Yeah. And so I think, I think we found a nice little happy medium uh, where we can start off. And uh, I also really like how... Uh, you know, people share all their feedback with us, and even if we don't necessarily agree with it, uh, it's still helpful, and it's good to know what people think. And uh, hopefully we've shown that uh, we're willing to, like, take that feedback and act on it. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think this is, a, this is a good moment to underline again something that Chris said earlier, which is, you know, the, the idea of the committee is at the end of the season, there's, there's like votes that the whole community does. And those are the changes we keep going forward. So, yeah, so that really opens up our, our beta, beta testing and experimentation space for something in the future where if we want to take a look at focus or dodge and make make a change in it and see, just see what happens. You know, then, you know, we, we spend four months in it and if the community hates it, cool, you know, we'll bail on it and go do something else. Yeah. And it's not even the case that, um, like we don't even like, you could think about this in terms of like being radically experimental, but like, well, how the, the framework could also be like, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to change we're going to change the white die in like a year, right? If, if we're still going and if we're able to keep the project going and how do we, so we think, how do we do that? Well, maybe what we do is we say that we're just going to make this, this crazy change and focus on like one or two units and then see if we can like tweak it in order to make it feel right. Right. Because I've seen so many ideas regarding like how you fix the dodge in terms of you do this or you do this, but fundamentally it's like, well, we've got all of these, right? Like you can't fix the dodge because if if you make the dodge bad, like a lot of characters who have marginal playability are just strictly unplayable. And it used to be, you know, six months ago or a year ago, really like a year ago, 
for people who are still trying to play around the edges with characters like Jin or, you know, I'm, I'm not, Vinto is probably an, like another character. Greedo, he's got a white thing. <laughs> yeah, Greedo sucks. Um, but like, you know, like all these characters where the margin, like they are already under the curve. And so if you nerf the dodge, right, like they're just gone. And so I think the best way to think about it is, is like, yes, we're going to try and do like some kind of a fix, but in, in doing that and with like the input of the community, we understand that things are going to be broken for a little bit as we're trying to like move towards this other thing, like this other, this higher state. So that's just something to think about. And obviously that is so provisional because it's at least, you know, and, a long time in the future. Yeah, And like where we're at now, like the game's in a pretty good state. It's Honestly, an amazing all things yeah. considered. Agreed. Absolutely so agreed. Uh, I think you know the minimal that we do to begin with is is yeah. ideal. Dropping Spectre Cell, yeah. we're like we're back into good territory. Like even just yeah. off Drop that it. one, off that one. Change. Yeah, burning with fire. Yeah, but it's gone. you know, and, and here's the thing: there's a lot of people that have contacted us that are like, we really miss Spectre Cell. We really want it back. Yeah, they're all wrong. Right. I love you all, and you're all wrong. <laughs> I mean, the, the FFG will get around to fixing it's, it. It's a fun list, but uh, but it is an unbalancing influence. It, we cannot bring balance to the force with Spectre Cell. That's right. But we can. But <laughs> we'll be able to take a season and take a stab yeah. at. Okay, here's Spectre Cell back. Now, now, don't panic. Don't panic. This is yeah. not the Spectre Cell that hurt you. I think. I think that what what Chris is saying, which is something I so completely agree with, is that. The hand on the hand that is on you know on the steering wheel is not it's not FFG right it's us and so we we know if if people want to play Spectre us being Cell the whole community absolutely us being the whole community absolutely. like it's us it's us like and so and if people want to play Spectre Cell like as a community we will figure out how to have people play Spectre Cell. I think that's a mistake and, and it's a terrible idea, but <laughs> I am not the dictator, right? And so, and that that that's an awesome thing about the project, and that's something that people can look forward to is they can say, "Well, I want to play X or Y," or I don't. You know, it, it doesn't matter. Like the whole point is like we 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 will be the ones who can decide. Okay, we want we. It is now time to bring it back, and let's think about how we can make this cool thematic list work in a way that's not stupid and bad or stupid and good. And so, and we can do that. And. Like there's a really good operational definition of Spectra Cell that Greg Monson wrote uh, in the lead up to Worlds, where he said the core of this list for me, I'm paraphrasing. The core of the list is that like every game, your strategy like is a little different based on the cards you draw, how your opponent deploys. Like you're, you're, the list constantly it has a very broad toolbox that invites you to figure out the puzzle of this mm-hmm. game. And and like they you know the tools are a little too powerful and we we know that we'll figure that out, but I I think it is like a unique play experience and I think it like underlines something that's always been the rebels theme which is like you've got a squad that is supportive of one another in interesting ways and like as pieces of it fall off other things become less powerful but if you can get the pacing exactly right it, it can pack a really cool punch here and there. And and do some extraordinary things, which which feels rebellious, right? Like, go go blow up the Death Star with four X wings. Um, I mean, spoiler for New Hope if you haven't seen it. <laughs> Got him. That's a great point, Ben. That's a great and, point. And it also it also reinforces that plucky heroes. Only the plucky heroes are the ones that are going up against all these hunters or all these stormtroopers and Vader, um, and, and it gives them a fighting chance uh, more so than any other 
unique, you know, list of unique figures that has come prior. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, like, the Cotoon rebalancing at six, like, cost-matching Hondo or Thrawn, like, that feels like a rebel quartermaster working against a smuggler, you know, victory point punk and an imperial strategist, right? Like, yeah, pirate captain. That's a great point. So there's like there's stuff we can mess with, right? Like, and and I think the more that we define like, uh, our, like what is a rebel faction, what is a merc faction, what is an imperial faction, uh, the the more we're going to be able to do that. And again, like when you're writing your community surveys and say like, it was fun to play Luke because it felt like he was being heroic, or you know, it was fun to play Hondo because he was being schemy or whatever, like. That's helpful, right? Like that—that's more helpful, I—I I think, than the like quantitative scale um, of, of like you know this was like a slightly fun figure. Like, I mean, that's still helpful, and like that tells us we're doing something right, but it doesn't tell us what we're doing right. Yeah. Um, so that's my second plug for filling in those those text boxes. Ben wants to Ben wants to know how you feel. <laughs> I always want to know how you feel. Oh man, I love it. I absolutely love it. Okay, let's. Kenny let's... does not actually love it. I can sense it. I, I I love I love that Ben love. Or I love that what Ben does with it. There you go. Okay, we are now joined by Brett. He decided to stop watching that stupid Game of Thrones show and join us. Brett, how are you doing? Pretty good. None of my favorite characters died, so it's all good. I thought I'm everyone lucky. dies in Game of Thrones. That's what I've been told. Next episode, I it's think. It's like an apophatic spoiler. <laughs> That's exactly well, so, you don't know who my favorite characters are. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just assuming that everyone dies, and you have you have uh, disabused me of that notion. I'm going okay. to guess Arya. All right. Before we, before we go off into that, um, before we go off into that, let's, let's go around the board and talk about what it is that we're most excited for with the IACP. And when we get to Brett, maybe we'll let Brett riff a little bit more in terms of what it is that about the project that he's really interested in some things that he thinks that or a direction that he thinks it would be profitable for us to go we'll let brett like go on a little bit more but jake start us off sure thing so uh, i think what i'm most excited for is uh is to see the imperial massive vehicles hit the table more uh so we've already got my favorite one of my favorite characters in the game kane somos that was like my top priority so my next priority is to get atsts and hover tanks on the table doing something useful so uh, I, I just I just love playing massive figures. Uh, they're they're a blast, uh, and it's fun to just push them around the table, push other people around the table, and then just make big hits out of them. So I just want to see see those ATSTs going around blasting little Ewoks. Pew pew. Nobody likes Ewoks. <laughs> oh Ewoks. Oh man. <laughs> uh, that is awesome. All right, Chris, let's go with you. And also. In terms of like what is you're excited about, it doesn't have to just be like a list building or a design thing, but like organizationally, just things about the project, the chance that we have to, because we love IA. It's an incredible game, but I think the fact that people who are invested in it can you know work on improving it makes it the chance for us to be an even better game. So Chris, tell us what, what it is you're excited about. I am excited. I am excited about taking the year and a half, two years of time care and attention of of my skirmish fixes and presenting them to uh the steering committee or the community and having them go oh that sucks <laughs> no i'm kidding um you know honestly honestly it's it, it's just been so thrilling 
to have so many people just batten down the hatches and get in get in this ship with us that's going through the storm um and and share their excitement for what they're doing um you know some people have ideas uh and they you know they share them with us or whatever um but it's 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 scratching everybody's itch and that's what i'm really enjoying there's some people that want to be game designers you know or or pretend to be game designers like i do um you know, we're scratching that itch when we're taking a look at some of these older deployments and going, okay, um, is this really better if we drop a, a drop at a deployment point or two, or do we need to make a better version of this person? Do we need to million dollar man this person back into relevance? Um, the people that have always wanted to be playtesters, um, they're they're getting their itch scratched. Um, the, the people that just want to play the game and play the game, a, a better game uh, than the one that has been alive for the last six months, uh, they're getting their scratch, their itch scratched. Um, so there's there's just a lot of positivity right now, and a lot of uh, we already had a pretty good community. It seems like it's getting tighter, and that's what I'm most excited about. Great point. Great point, Ben. What do you got for us? Um, yeah, so I think like my love hate relationship with the project is it feels like my job to me. Um, <laughs> it, just again, in that it is like a lot of volunteer organization and like managing um, like people's emotional relationship to the game and what they're doing, and like they love it, they care about it, they feel strongly about it. And like at the end of the day, not everyone gets a pony and we have to go forward somehow. Um, yeah, that's just such a great way to express that. Yeah, so, like, uh, there have been moments, like, even just in the last couple of weeks where it's felt really good to, like, feel like, you know, my my work life has a meaningful impact on my favorite hobby. Uh, and, the, you know, like, it, it can also, like, burn me out if I feel like, um, you know, this is what I do to relax. Um, <laughs> but the relaxing side for me, like, I loved Chris's fixed tournament. Um, and, like, I... I've always had a belligerence about bringing a medalist to a tournament. And I, I try to throw something like off net decking into anything I do. And so the idea that we can blow things wide open without um, hurting the game or hurting the meta, like feels like a really cool opportunity. And I'll give a shout out to um, Derek Martins, I think is was one of the first people I saw put together a really interesting list out of um, the fixed stuff. And he was running, like, recosted uh, Kotun and CT and then the three mid-tier Jedi. So Ezra, Ahsoka, who'd been recosted, and Diallo with her new ability. So he had five rebel hitters and I think uh, Gideon 3PO, you know, seven activations, a uh, pretty tight list. Played a little bit like Spectre Cell in the sense that tried to get in your face. Um, Diallo's interacting a little bit with the other figures. Diala and Ahsoka both have, like, huge jump-in threat range. You have to watch out for what they can do with a pummel around, like, start of round. And, like, every time you drop a figure, it matters, playing on the other side of it. But, like, losing a figure for the list doesn't lose the game for you in the way that, like, losing Han does or losing a couple Rangers in a Han Rangers build. Um, so I I really like that. You know, I think, I think we've got a, a really great opportunity to... Um, 
like diversify what's out there in a way that feels like Star Wars. Uh, to me, the heart of a Star Wars game is uh, ordinary people can do extraordinary things. Um, and and so, you know, I love command card interactions. Um, I, I like that we've been a little bit careful with the, the, the hunter rule about, like, staying away from just, like, blocking combo play in the same timing window. Um, you know, I, I, like, we're still discussing that. We might still try to do it at some point, but... Um, yeah, I think uh, the idea that the game is getting broader and there are more things that are interesting and possible uh, feels to me like what FFG always should have been doing. Um, and I like the idea that we get to play in their sandbox with some new stuff that they were starting to mess with, the high rebel health pools. Um, Tress is like a utility condition dispenser who also like has a, has a real cleave thread if you can position it right. Um, yeah, uh, Thrawn's impact on the game, I think, still hasn't been fully described. Um, Hondo, like, obviously found his place very quickly. Like, there, there's a lot out there that's kind of just fun to mess with. And it, and it feels great to be able to kind of go back to Tyrants, uh, compare it to Heart of the Empire before it, and, um, it, and sort of imagine the game without the specter dominance, that, um, the, the overpowering of it, and then the community's, like, buy-in on the overpowering of it. Um, created for Worlds 2019, which was like a lot of fun, but felt a little bit like a chess tournament where you've got a lot of the same pieces on each side. Yeah. Should Great have been point. in the loser's bracket like me. Then you would have seen all the <laughs> There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. All right, DT, what do you got for us? I am most excited about playing all you people because <laughs> I'm always looking for games, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I just... I really just want to get more games in. I feel like there's a lot of different things that will be pretty decent right now. And I think it's it's never been a better time to start playing and enjoy some of these matches. Great point. Bring Agreed. yourself to DT's altar and sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah, have fun with that, people. Yeah, we're, I need more fresh meat. Uh, <laughs> DT's going to beat you with an unfixed Dengar. That's going to feel real good. <laughs> DT nearly beat me with a fixed Dengar last time. They tried it out Dude, that Dengar fix was pretty, pretty up there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome awesome all right brett you have not you have not been on or you have not been uh joining in the conversation beforehand so give us your thoughts generally on the project thoughts observations comments and then what it is you're most excited about and then we can wrap it up sounds good so sorry i wasn't on earlier so i didn't hear what you guys talked about so i don't want to retread anything you guys already talked about so stop me if i get down a rabbit hole or anything it's good to have some re-emphasis at the end you gotta hit your main points again so people remember it so go yeah hopefully i re-emphasize and don't uh contradict anything <laughs> um yeah what i'm most excited for is just seeing some new stuff um i think the game needs kind of something fresh brought in every couple months and we were getting that with expansions but the past couple years, we've gotten Tyrants of Lothal, which was a small box, and we got four boosters last year. And the year before that, we got one big box in Heart of the Empire, and I think we got, what, six six boosters that year or something? And I think everyone's in agreement that without new product, game gets stale after a while. It's not like this is chess or something, which is just so good as a game that it can just last with what it has. Uh, you need a meta that evolves over time. So I'm I'm excited to get some new 
uh, new different things on the table. For instance, this first season we got Diala out. I was strongly pushing because we we have heard some feedback that some of the people in the community don't want us to change too much. A lot of people asked that maybe we just uh, ban Spectre Cell for now and see how that goes. Um, but in my opinion, e- these past couple years, it, we've had a great meta. Uh, I think after Heart of the Empire, we had a couple really viable archetypes at the top of the meta. But, you know, we've kind of seen those archetypes. And yeah, we haven't seen Tyrants of Lothal without Spectre. But what Tyrants of Lothal gave us, I think, more fits into the existing archetypes than completely adds anything new. So, um, yeah, I feel like our goal with Diala was to add something completely separate than a Hunter add-on. So I kind of like that we pushed her up to eight now because now you kind of have to build around her instead of just slotting her into whatever list. Um, Yeah, that's what I'm most excited about is just getting away from the Hunter meta a bit. I mean, I feel like Hunter's... Are still going to be fine even with the nerfs we've introduced and looking at what people are playing it seems like people are still heavily leaning on that hunter archetype uh but i really like adding just new different abilities and i know a lot of the feedback from the community is don't get too far outside of fantasy flights vision for the game so we don't want to add anything that breaks their existing rules and there has been some debate about what exactly that means but i think as time has gone on and as we've read the feedback we've kind of gotten more on the same page as far as we're not going to introduce any wonky fixes that break the rules arbitrarily to try and get a better meta like the hunter rule we started with um and yeah i have a good feeling about the direction of the project um so yeah i i guess I'm really excited to see what we can come up with in the next couple seasons. And I'm really glad we got DT on the project. Uh, He was kind of a late ad, but uh, he brought some really good ideas too. That assassinate change, I think, was um, a a big part his idea. Uh, And I think that's a lot better than what we were working with before. So I think um, with the group we got, I think we can come up with some really cool stuff. Plus, we have asked... Uh, you guys, the community, to give us your ideas as well. And we've gotten some of those so far, but I'm really excited to see what we as a community can come up with going forward and how the game can evolve. I, I feel like it's a game that needs change, and I think we can push it in a good direction. So that's, Agreed. that's what I'm most excited for. Agreed. It is really, it is pretty impressive that you and DT are on the project, considering you know you guys have won like all of the worlds that matter. So, <laughs> um, Brett, if you were the dictator, if you know all of the conservative um, losers were kicked off the project and you were the dictator, what would you change? Like, what, or what's something that you would say, I want 2.0 or the IA continuity project, the next iteration of IA to be this. What would you do? Ooh, if I was just going to make my own game basically and not listen to any feedback, that seems like kind of a dangerous question. Um, I guess, uh, if I could just change whatever I wanted, I think there's a couple cards that are really limiting design space. And one of them is on the lamb, which we've tried to address. Um, I just feel like every rebel and mercenary list 
that's made the top 16 in the past three years has run on the lamb, except for one list two years ago, which was Luke Rangers didn't. But other than that, every single rebel and mercenary list has run that card. And yeah. most of those lists have also run hunter cards too. So even though you have a couple archetypes in each faction, a lot of those archetypes are running the exact same command cards. And I personally don't think that's healthy for the game. Yeah. So if I could change anything, it would be to give the other traits um, kind of a level footing as far as command cards. So we don't keep running into these exact same command decks. I mean, people run on the lamb even if there's only one or two smugglers in your squad. It's such a strong ability. So there are a lot of command cards that are just absolutely trash. And, yeah. uh, you know, if we I, could, I'd love to go just and, change them all. And they're, yeah. they're all, they're all like bad in different ways. Yeah. If you compare the traits, you got hunters, spies, leaders, and smugglers basically have really good playable yeah. cards. And all the other traits, they have like some that are okay, but they don't have any that are really good. Like if you yeah. look at Force User, Force Rush helps them and, and synergizes with what they do. And Force Surge is is good, but neither of those cards is on the level of like Assassinate or On the Lamb or oh, no. Intelligence Leak or any tools for the job, anything like that. So, yeah. Same same with uh, droids and vehicles. You know, they released all that, all those new droid and vehicle cards uh, after Jabba's Realm uh, to kind of in- increase the usage of, of jet troopers and to try to revitalize, uh, you know, with the, and also with releasing the, the Jawa Smuggler uh, so that you would have, like, more droid-based uh, scum lists. And those cards are, are okay. I mean, they're good. But they're not assassinate. They're not on the lamb. They're not son of Skywalker. Right. So I, I think when you have a game that comes down to playing one command card, and I, I feel like I've had a lot of these games where it's like, well, if you have Blaze of Glory, yeah. I lose. I think uh, me and DT at Worlds, um, not this year, but last year, had a game where it was we're both running IG hunters, and we got to a moment in the game where we're like, well, whoever has Whoever has Blaze wins. Uh, and it's just, I don't know. It's it, There's a high skill cap for the game, but it, the skill cap is kind of limited by how game-changing these command cards are, in my opinion. So, And there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of design space that we can do uh, with the community about that. You know, like there's there's some command cards that are just awful. They're just, they were designed for the idea of skirmish when it was yeah. first made and not what skirmish became and definitely not skirmish past Java's realm. Yeah. There's some that if you tweak a little bit, even like even price tweak a little bit, they're not terrible. Um, the, 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 uh, the, the empire, Force cards that come with the the core set and Vader's card are all horrendous. But if you drop the prices for those, right, there's somebody right. that might yeah. try those out. The other thing about command cards is I feel like balancing them is a little bit tougher than balancing the deployments because if you make cards as good as what exists in the game right now, 
it doesn't necessarily increase the diversity of command decks. It just makes it so you'll have more broken cards in your hand. And the game becomes... The game's already so much about command cards that everyone's running Jabba or R2 or all the are the card draw they can get. And we don't necessarily want to bump everything up to that level. Uh, so I think balancing those command cards is going to be a little bit tricky for us, but I have confidence that Great we point. can do it. We'll just do a few at a yep. time, right? That, yeah, gentle adjustments. Agreed. That's Absolutely. that's one of my what that was one of my first uh, arguments. I mean, discussions with Brett was oh well let's just make let's just make assassinate five and brett's right if assassinates five as is like as pre-iacp assassinate is five you're just going to take assassinate at five if we put on the lamb at five you're just going to take on the lamb at five this is a great a great point from like the card playing perspective which brett brings is that if you've got a card that's still worth it right people will still bring it it just limits their options otherwise so yeah there's so many good zero cost cards that you can be really flexible with your command deck outside of those essential cards like you're going to be running on the land you're going to be running good hunter cards uh but you know i mean if you push them up in price enough yeah then it makes it hard to bring all of them uh, but you're still going to try to build your deck around them i don't know it's yeah. it's a tough problem agreed agreed and i mean i think we've like made clear that we're the, the the approach we're taking is conservative and focused on like we understand that these are problems and we'll work on it so with that being the case i want to say i think that a good approach for us like at this point is to get on the calendar a vassal tournament where we can kind of kick things off regarding um, implementing the changes and that will give us a lot of games for one and also get people involved and they can see what it's like to play with this kind of a fixed uh, a fixed list and I think it'll be awesome I think it'll be really really awesome so we're going to do get more news about that um, we're going to start talking about that, see what we can do in order to make it something that people are going to want to get involved in. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So does anyone else have any other concluding thoughts for us before we wrap it up? Yeah. Um, So I think one of the things that, um, I think one of the things that has kind of, kind of prevented us from, from getting the tournament out was, was we're all brand new at this, right? uh, DT is the only person that has, professional uh experience designing cards daniel did you get paid for that no no (laughs) that was a prize (laughs) did you get paid for that that's a good one (laughs) so but so like you know ben ben has experience uh in the faith community you know organizing volunteers um but he doesn't have the experience that is running an organized testing environment like this um, or a a, a designing environment like this. I have never done anything like this. Uh, Brett and and Kenny and, you know, everybody's taking their own shots at like doing fixes, but none of us have really run a group like this. And so we're, we're definitely, you know, learning to walk, so to speak. And so, you know, one of the things that that we had to learn from the get go was we were saying, oh, yes, we want this to be a discussion. But our very first thing was, OK, here's your here's your changes. Right. We didn't really have a discussion right off the bat. And I think that I think we got some pushback about that. And so we worked really hard the last three weeks, really, really hard the last three weeks 
to expand where we're listening, not just FFG forums, not just Zion's Finest Slack channel, uh, not just Reddit, but to, to, to expand into these communities and, and keep asking for feedback. And the more the, the feedback that we got, the more engagement that we got, we kind of saw that some of the things that we implemented, you know, didn't necessarily meet the community's idea of what it should have been. Uh, you know, our first attempt at On the Lamb, um, when we when we presented it, we did a poor job of explaining how it was going to work because it was it was it's still a custom timing window. We're just changing where it's being triggered, and it's not obvious by the wording of the card, which the wording of the card is exactly how FFG would word it if FFG was doing it, and and so we had to you know, make sure, hey, this is this is our idea with this card. We had to tell, we had to ex extend into the community and tell them, hey, look, this is what we're, our plans are with the card. Let us explain it a little bit better. When we did that, the feedback that we've gotten has been more positive. Um, and so so that's something that we had to learn and we're, we're continuing to learn. And, and everything that we're learning, we're hoping is going to make this season better. It's going to make this tournament pretty cool. And it's going to make season two even better. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, we want to thank everyone for holding with us. This is going to be a slightly longer episode, but actually I'm impressed at how well we've, we've kept it, kept it together considering we've got six people on, which is nuts. I, I want to say that I think I want to echo what everyone has said regarding the community. It really is what we have is special in terms of what we've got with IA got incredible competitors we've got good friends and people who are dedicated to the game in a way that i have not seen in other games and you know i i play other games and i've started playing other games like destiny which i love as a game the community there is awesome but it's totally not the same as it is with ia and i think that the amazing thing about this project is is it gives us the chance to have more control over where the where that project goes, like where the community goes in the future, as opposed to just being spun off and let let to wither on the vine, as it seems FFG is intent on letting us do it. So I really want to encourage everybody to um, be involved, give us feedback, fill out those forms so that Ben can feel good about knowing your feelings, and get involved with these <laughs> all, all the feelings. feelings, and get involved with these um, tournaments that we're going to be having, and especially with your local. Your local play nights, like if you're, you're, I think your store kits are actually an amazing, um, an amazing opportunity to get people involved. We've heard from people in Australia and everywhere, actually, where people are going to be using their store kit tournaments as a way to run IACP stuff, which is so awesome. And I think it could really lead to a resurgence, resurgence in popularity for people who might have fallen off the wagon a little bit. So with that, everyone, thank you guys all so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having us, Kenny. Yeah. This has been awesome. Here, here. And we want to thank everyone for listening. Have a good night. <laughs>